On this episode of the State of the Bulldogs with Sam, Mike, and Jeb, we continue our summer interview series. Uh, We hope you all enjoyed a wonderful 4th of July holiday and our conversation with Jake Riddle. This week, we are honored to have uh, our very own coach, Bucky McMillan, uh, join us as he shares his thoughts on Sanford basketball, college basketball as a whole, uh, kind of his vision for the program and everything in between. There's been a lot of fun developments uh, since the basketball season wrapped up, a ton of great signings, and then just last week or so, uh, it was announced that we will be playing Purdue as the season opener in basketball. It doesn't get much more exciting than that, so we hope you all enjoy the conversation with Coach Bucky. Uh, He's a special guy, and and Sanford is very blessed to have him. And one last thing before we get to the interview – uh, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram with any questions, predictions, thoughts on the upcoming football season. We'd love to hear what you all think and want to know. Please subscribe to the show. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at State of the Dogs. And with that, let's kick this thing off. I would imagine yeah. that there's another one. Yeah. In a yeah. On a Saturday night. Yeah. After a big win. Yeah. He's got room. Inside the five to extend it and wins it. So goddamn. All right, so tonight we have Coach Bucky. Coach, how are you doing today, man? Man, I am great. Good to see y'all. I like what y'all do, man. I like y'all uh, pumping up the Bulldogs. Y'all going to grow into a mega following, man. Look, if, if, you, listen. Y'all started y'all, y'all started y'all's deal, and then Sanford wins 11 championships. I don't think that's a coincidence. It's a little wild. It's a little if, wild. If they're not giving y'all uh, credit somewhere, I'll be the first to do it right here on the show. <laughs> <laughs> they heard there were some rumblings around campus that it's our doing, so we'll take the credit. Like <laughs> yeah. <it>. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we appreciate having you on. and I mean, it is the kind of getting to the dead of summer. But Sanford is slowly turning into a basketball program, and I'm sure everybody wants to know. I mean, everybody's seen all the tweets about the guys we're signing and the transfer activity. So, you know, we just had to get the coach on, the basketball coach on. You're kind of turning into a small legend uh, as we won our first SoCon title under you. Uh, Obviously, there are bigger plans ahead, but bigger goals ahead. But I think we just kind of want to hear first about you, Coach kind of how you got here, where you came from, what your vision is generally, um, and then kind of the specifics of what happened from the end of the season to to now because it's been a pretty awesome recruiting season. Yeah. So with that, let's just let's just kind of jump in. Yeah, so I, I grew up right here. I grew up in uh, – I was born in Montgomery but moved to Birmingham when I was young. And I played all sports coming up. And um, – Really, my personality type is kind of one that likes to prove people wrong, right? So, mm. good at sports, good at baseball, and all that. And then, you know, someone said, you know, you couldn't you couldn't play college basketball because, like, the community we were from, demographics, no one had ever really played college basketball from there. And so, um, probably was at the time better at baseball, you know, and other sports. But kind of that was kind of what triggered me to quit everything to just play basketball. You know, when I was in like the sixth grade. And so I just was like, all right, that's that. So I'm going to do everything kind of devote my sixth grade. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like I, I always loved basketball. <laughs> and when I was in like yeah. the 
first and second grade, my, I kind of learned that, man, you got to be practicing all the time to be good. So I learned that lesson very early. But then in the sixth grade, I was like, I mean, I'm going to lock in on basketball because it seems like the greatest challenge, you know, being from Mountain Brook. And it's, at that time, Mountain Brook wasn't really like a basketball school. And so I, I just spent like countless hours. Like I always tell people that, man, if like people, if someone's like really athletic and put the time that I did into the game of basketball, they would inevitably be an NBA all-star. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, like I was in, had somewhat, I was coordinated. I can, I would say, but not very athletic, but um, oh. ended up playing division one basketball, um, came out of high school, good player at Mountain Brook. We went to the, our first final four as a player, had all only D two offers, but I didn't have a division one offer. And um, yeah. that was kind of like a, a deal for me where, you know, I, I mentioned that like the whole deal was that you couldn't play division one basketball. So for me, I couldn't take that offer, D2. I went and walked on my first year at Birmingham Southern. Back then, they were Division One. They were in the Big South. Oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. So they were, they were, that was with Coach Rebo was there, um, who's now on my staff. Went there, walked on my first year, got on scholarship the next year, started my sophomore year, and played uh, about more than anybody in the conference my junior year. We had an awesome run there, won the league. Back then, you, you had to be, you had to wait a certain amount of years to be tournament eligible. We weren't eligible for the tournament yet. Um, but, um, had a great run there. And so, uh, it was awesome. And then it came back right after that, got done playing coach at my high school, Mountain Brook high school coach that helped out for two years, coach JV basketball, coach the varsity right after that for 12 years. Then this job came open, moved over here. So that's the short of it. Lots of highs and lows along the way. But, you know, I kind of mentioned that the reason I chose basketball was because people didn't think you could do it in basketball, right? I, that I could do it in basketball where I was from. When I started mm-hmm. going to Mountain Brook, you know, no one thought that Mountain Brook would ever win a state championship, right, in basketball. And by the time we left, you know, and recently up to recent history, Mountain Brook's now played in, I believe it's nine of the last 10 state championships. We finished fifth Dang. in the country one year. Um, we Dang. beat IMG, who won the national championship. They were named like the team of the, of the, <laughs> of the century, this half of the century. And um, they were That's 33 crazy. and one. We had a great run. So point is, like, it, we had an awesome deal. We had great players, great kids. But it was really – it's fun when you do something that's not been done yet, but it's even more fun when you do some things that people don't think is possible, you know. And so that's kind of what why I was so honed into doing it at Mountain Brook. And, and then our play style, too, was probably around that as well. Like, a lot of people didn't think – place like mountain brook you could play fast get up and down shoot threes because like all the over the mountain schools were kind of playing slow so that's kind of how we developed our play style as well because i wanted to like show look kids from the from the suburbs can play that way right and so that's kind of what led to that and then we're, we're all the way up to right here so we were uh you know sam jeb and i coached rec league mountain brook, brook basketball and we were at sanford so uh <laughs> Maybe you know, some future Bucky players, but you were definitely a legend when we were there before before you came to Sanford. So your name was a mm-hmm. household name in Birmingham. We remember that well. Well, yeah, we were coaching the leftovers though. We were coaching the, <laughs> the kids that didn't make the team. Kids that didn't make the, the seventh yeah. grade team. Uh Sam, Sam, you're just gonna put that on the internet like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we loved our team. We loved our guys. Yeah, they're good. We got to play a championship <laughs> game. Was at a high school stadium. That was pretty fun. We, Jeb and I didn't make it to that one. Uh, oh, I was, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, right. coach, you flew by a lot there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wanted to ask, you know, 
you we read that you coached from an early age. Like, what made you even think about coaching in general? I just love basketball. Like, I mean, I really, I kind of dedicated so much of my life to this game. It just feels like it. Like, I mean, I've told this before, so I don't know what's on the internet, what's not. So y'all just stop. Mm -hmm. It's repetitive. It doesn't matter. But like, like when I'm telling you, like I gave my life to this game, like I gave my life to this game, right? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I didn't go, I didn't go to prom, right? I didn't go to dances. I mean, I, I'm ashamed to say I didn't go walk at graduation because I was busy working on my game. Okay. Like 24 hour completely consumed. I didn't have a spring break. I mean, you know, Christmas day, I was out there, you know, I had to get in two to four hours a day of playing. And that's kind of what it would take for, 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 to make it, you know? And so like, that's what I knew. And when you put it in like that, right? Like when times are tough, you know, you're able to get through because you know how much you've invested. There's really no turning back. Right. And so I just love being around it. So then I got into coaching when I was playing actually. So I started coaching rec basketball, like y'all legends did. Um, and then I, uh, and then I went over to, uh, and then started coaching AAU basketball and just had a lot of fun doing it. You know, it's, it's fun because I love the game. And then you start making these relationships with these kids and you really start to see like the difference you can make. Right. You know, mm -hmm. I'm talking about like the difference between when you're able to teach others, like what it's like to work really hard and how that, you know, what hard work equals, what it's like to be unselfish and what that means. And you start to see kids change. You start to see them have a different edge to them and confidence to them. And so uh, that's the reward of it, right? And when you're able to win along the way doing it, it makes it really fun. So that's kind of how I got into it. And once you do it once, you're kind of addicted to it, you know? It definitely paid off because, you know, you spent all those years at Mountain Brook and then got the, the call to come to Sanford. And, you know, we all remember when, when we heard about the hire, you know, a lot of people were confused hiring somebody straight out of high school to D1 basketball. And I know you've heard this story over and over again, but – uh, so we're not going to get into to the transition necessarily, but we're curious about the transition uh, from a coaching style perspective and also a recruiting perspective because yeah. recruiting is not necessarily a huge thing in high school. And then the the transfer portal became, you know, what it is today, right about the time you were coming to Sanford. So just talk to us about that transition and how you got up to speed so quickly. Yeah. Well, so it's interesting, like, you know, people bring up like the coming straight from high school to coach. You know, and I, I never really understood the, the the deal because I really felt like this was a great place for me. And I felt in my heart, like when I coached Mountain Brook, I was like, you know, I would do a, a great job here at Mountain Brook. I really felt that. And I really felt Sanford that we could do something really special here. Like I really in my heart, because yeah. it's familiarity with the place. Um, people that don't know Martin, like you if you don't know Martin, like uh, he, th that dude is like, he's just unbelievable. Like he, he really is. He's just an awesome person to work for. And, um, you know, he's just the kind of guy you, you know that you can win with. And um, so coming over here, one thing I had for me that I've always been a head coach, right? So you look at a lot of these coaches that are hired, particularly the mid-major to maybe low-major level, they've never even been a head coach mm -hmm. before. So like that to me is crazy. So in my mind, I'm not saying that that should never happen. I'm just saying like, all right, so who's going to have more experience in some of these spots? Like a guy that's only been a head coach, has ran a team, called timeouts, managed a team, built a program, or somebody that's going to call his first timeout their own game day in the first game. 
like tell me which is a higher risk in that scenario. And so I think that you're starting to look at guys like Nate Oates, who was a high school coach. Mm -hmm. uh, the Hurleys were high school coaches. Uh, McKillop at Davidson was a high school coach, right? I think uh, Beeline may have been a high school coach at one point. But you're starting to see that like these people that have been involved and been head coaches, like that it's not their first rodeo that they have a pretty that they do they have success, you know. And so uh, yeah. anyway, got into here. Um, one thing I was fortunate enough, I coached some very good players at Mountain Brook that recruited all levels. So I had guys that recruited D3, D2, NAI, D1, and I had a player that played in, that's playing in the NBA in Trenton Wofford, and Colby Jones is about to be next playing in the NBA. I have seen every coach come in there and recruit those guys. <laughs> right? I've seen every line you could imagine, right? Same things that you can just read right through, like, that's a lie, right? Or this guy's shit, but that would never Um and I've got to see kind of what was the what was the best line? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to know. What was the what best are, line? What are, what best are kids line hearing too. from coaches? Right. Yeah, I got to see how he, how he made this. Uh, there was a coach that came in there one time, and he was talking. He's a good coach, and he was talking to yeah, one of my dad. And, and you make you figure out which one it is. And um, he was talking <laughs> how you know how they do things, and he's never going to curse, and he's never going to say a cuss word, he's never going to curse the kids, anything <laughs> never going to happen. And he thought it was mm -hmm. a positive deal, right? And that the kid and the, the parent that that was that I was coaching that were going to be all rallying around that. And the dad, I'm not going to say exactly what he said, sits back and says a word and says, "I'm sorry, I don't trust anybody if they don't curse." <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the guy was just so stunned because he was using it as a positive. Obviously, like most kids right. would want to hear that, right? And this guy. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, bro. I, I can't trust you if that's the case. I love that. <laughs> that's good. Seeing the look on his face was just like, oh, man, it felt so bad for the guy because I knew both both parties there, you know? Yeah. Uh, I love it. I could tell you a million recruiting stories. But you got to see that. <laughs> you know, I saw one with one of my players, with Trendon, actually. And this guy come, talking to him. And this dude goes on for, like, 20 minutes. And, like, it was literally like mm – -hmm a used car salesman or a guy like, like the guy on the streets of New York selling you a watch. Right. I'm just right. sitting there thinking like, okay, no chance. So the guy leaves. And I said, T what you think? Trenton was like, man, I love that dude. I love that. Oh man. <laughs> you start picking up on like what kids like, what they don't like. It's, it's yeah. Funny though. That is interesting. That's a great way to learn though. Yeah. yeah. But I've always said this to the players and this is, this is true. I never had a player, and I'm able to talk about this in recruiting with, with when I'm recruiting. The benefit that I do have is being a high school coach. When we're recruiting players, I've had players literally in their spot, right? And so, like, I, I, I'm in their spot. And then I'm, and when I say I coach high school, like, I say that, like, proudly, you know? Like, I, like yeah. when you coach high school, uh, you get paid zero money for the most part for the time you put in. You, you're, you're the bus driver. You're the laundry guy. You're the ride home. You're you do it all, you know. And I, I'm serious about this. Like I have such love for high school coaches. If you added up all the time we did it, like it's probably like 25 cents an hour, right? And um, you have these. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it, 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 when you do it, you you, you do it because you love the relationships. You love the game. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. But I've just had so many players sit in their spot. But every player that I've coached from high school or college, I've always said, man, there's three things that are going to determine if you enjoy it. I've never coached a player that if they, these three, three things worked out that didn't enjoy it. And that's number one. Are, are they able to play and play their game? 
Do they have playing time? Are they going to have an opportunity to play and play their game? Number two, are they are they, are they going to win? Right? Because you know, if you're playing a lot and losing, it's not fun. If you're winning, you never get yeah. time. It's not fun. And then number three, you're going to enjoy the people you're doing it with. And when you have that, I've never coached a player that hasn't enjoyed it coming from high school. And if some of that's missing, it's not very enjoyable. So I got to sit up close and personal coaching high school ball. In this day and age of social media, where like kids will make decisions based on the one week of hype of social media, and then they got to go live it, mm-hmm. you know? They'll have to go live yeah. that. And that's why I think you just see so many bad decisions, so many people transferring. Um, it's truly sad, though. Like, it's truly sad what some of the decisions are based on these days. And, and it's social media hype, and, and they'll live that for a week, and then they got to go live it. And those people that are all about them on social media will be the same ones on social media killing them as soon as they don't play well. And you made your decision yep. about going to school based on that. How dumb is that, right? Making right. a decision based on what you feel and what you need to do and what's best for you. So, and then, and then being around the right people. Like, no one enjoys it, man. If you're, if you're playing on a team and you're in a locker room and you can't, like, you can't, you're a high achiever and the locker room's full of low achievers, right? It, it, just, it doesn't make sense. You're not going to enjoy that. So that, that's the one thing I would say yeah. about the groups that we've had. We, 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 in this recruiting class particularly, they're, they're high achieving players. They, uh, you know, they work hard. It's been fun to, fun to watch them and see them already starting to gel. Well, Coach, I'm excited about Riley coming out of my hometown, Charlotte. I played at Covenant Day, which we play in the same league with uh, Providence Day, where he went. So I remember, you know, there's some pretty great players that come out of Providence Day. It's kind of cool to see uh, Riley coming to Sanford. So what what did you guys see in him? He's just very skilled, smart, knows how to play. Um, you know, I, I saw Logan die at the same age because I knew Logan, and Logan – Ended up yeah. being a very good player for us. He's ahead of where Logan was at the same age. Um, with every freshman, there's going to be a massive learning curve, particularly with a team that's primarily juniors and seniors. Pretty much all we have three freshmen, and everybody else is a junior or senior. So, negative is that if you're in that spot, is that it's going to be challenging sometimes with playing time. Not saying you may you may play 30 minutes one game, maybe not as much the next. But the the, the positive is you're going to grow very quickly. And when your time is there and you're ready, you're going to have a lot of great experience from practice of playing against these older guys who can, who have been there, done that, you know, but I'm really high on Riley. He's a, uh, he, he works hard. He shoots the basketball well, and he's smart. I think that up to this point, when we got here, you know, let's just call it what it is. We weren't, Sanford was not really at the top of college basketball. Right. So we had to, we would take, Players just, God, we were glad they would come to Sanford, right? You know, yeah. like, okay, yeah, yeah, put in the basket at least. Now we, we, we're in a spot now where I think we can take good players who fit and are and know how to play. The biggest thing I think you'll see with this recruiting class is that these guys really know how to play, like how to pass the ball. They see the game, so it'll yeah. look different. Like I would say, our team last year and the year before, we had good players. They were very tough. They're going to play very hard. Um, I don't think anyone would accuse us of hi- having the highest basketball IQ ever or being the best passing team ever. That's not what they were. They were warriors, but um, that wasn't them. This team, what we have now, they'll play very hard, but they see the game. So that ball is popping, which if you like that part of it, you, you, you'll enjoy watching this group play. 
are the are the guys on campus already, or or kind of some are here, some are still at home? Are they playing together this summer? What's the deal there? Yeah, everybody's here, so they're playing. Okay, we're, we get to practice some and play a lot of pickup. It's been fun. I think we're gonna be pretty good. So Zach and Zach and Ryland are already on campus. Everybody, yeah, everybody's here. Zach is the only guy that can't do anything. He can only play pickup. He can't go to workouts. He's yeah. got to finish an online class at Baylor, and then he okay. then he can start working practicing with our guys. That's exciting. I wanted to ask real quick about the transfer portal specifically. Uh, when you had talked about, I mean, because you you were right. Like when, especially when we were there, if we got a if we got any kind of player um, who could really play, it was really exciting. Do you think that the transfer portals helped Sanford more uh, or hurt more? Because like it seems like there's an argument on both sides, especially for mid major programs. But I mean, you inherited a a rebuild, so to speak. So. Right. Kind of what's been your experience? Well, you know, I could go opinion based, or I could go analytically based. I know that when you're looking at our 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 uh, my, one of our assistant coaches, Dave Good, he's pulled all this up. But essentially, since the portal came into existence when we got in here, our one of our rankings, we were like in the bottom 25 in the country in terms of the rankings, right? 365 teams, or maybe bottom 30, maybe we're like 330. And we moved all the way up to like 125. Okay, that's the biggest turnaround in college basketball, right there. So for us, if you just want to look at it statistically, you'd have to say like, okay, we got a big turnaround and we did use a transfer portal, right? Mm-hmm. So could that have happened that quickly with all freshmen? Maybe, I don't know. But I know that this way that we were able to, that we were able to turn things pretty quickly, right? Um, the long-term sustainability with transfer portal plus NIL, that's where it gets goofy because these high majors are able to sling it like no other right now. You know, yeah. And so yeah. when that's going on now, it's like, uh, you know, we'll see what's sustainable for the mid majors. We're working on a collective here. We're gonna get say <laughs> the Bulldogs collective started. Help you out a little bit. I like it. I like it. Yeah, but, <laughs> coach. Obviously, you're building. Obviously, you're building a winning culture at Sanford in basketball. What do you see? Like, what challenges do does Sanford basketball face to become a mid major powerhouse? Because in our eyes, and I think Sam and Michael would agree, but I'm always harping on this, is like my dream is for Sanford to be <laughs> that major, like your mid-major powerhouse, right? Yep. That means like we've got tournament wins under our belts, right? We're moving forward. So I think there's some things to do there, but what, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think that, you know, it's all about getting to the tournament to make that real name. You know what I'm saying? I think like you take Furman, for example, right? They got to the tournament this year. We were co-conference champs with Furman. They get to the tournament. They beat Virginia, right? So that gave them a name. People now know about Furman a little more, right? Now, they haven't been in the tournament forever. Them getting in this year, I'm not, I don't know if they were better this year than they were the past years. I really don't know. But I know that getting to the tournament really put them on that stage where they could do that. So I think that, you know, we got to keep staying at the top of the league and we're going to break through and get to the tournament. Right. Now, yep. once you're in that tournament, the more, you, the more you're there, the more obvious chances you're going to have to make that run. And I think that's where it is. I think with Florida Atlantic, for example, I can't say that couldn't have been us or Furman or it, you know, it's all once you get in there, man, that draw mm-hmm. St. Peter's, you saw them do it. And I was there yep. at the game. I saw yeah. Florida Atlantic. They were just, I mean, they could have won the national championship. You know, you've seen Butler playing two of them back to back. You've seen a lot of great runs like that. But here's the difference. Usually, these places that do that, 
they're never going to be a powerhouse and they're never never able to sustain it because the administration won't continue to support the program in that manner and reinvest in the program. Okay, so what that means is this. I don't, I'm not going to speak on St. Peter's. I don't know, but let's just take the St. Peter's run, for example. They make that tournament run, okay? It's financially the incentives that they that they got from that run where people are Googling St. Peter's. And I had no idea what St. Peter's is, right? But, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know it, and so they, they, they look on look online, and now all of a sudden there's tons more applicants. The financial revenue they get from making that run. Well, most times if you don't have the right administration, they take that money – and they don't reinvest it right back in the program to sustain, right? And the first is going to be with mm-hmm. personnel. Okay, well, let's maybe Holloway, their coach, who ended up leaving to take the Seton Hall job, right? Well, maybe we should reinvest that and try to keep this guy right here, right? And that's and said so now he's out of there. Maybe we need to reinvest him to have a great practice facility, great facilities and all that. Maybe we need to invest in the best uh, living situations for these players, right? And so that's what's so rare is I think administrations a lot of times don't get that. And that's why it's difficult. That's why I was saying that right. where, where, where Martin Newton is, it's so great. Yeah. And Dr. Taylor totally understands that. Yep. And they understand what um, that publicity does for a university. They understand the revenue it can bring in. And they understand just the marketing value in that. And so when you have that, that's when magical things can happen. You can be what you call powerhouse. That's year and you're out very good program, right? Like mm-hmm. Davidson got it rolling, you know, they got it rolling up there yep. with Steph, right? But they obviously reinvested back in that program so that they could sustain success. So when you think of mid-major basketball for those years when McKillop was there, Davidson would come to mind and you knew like, hey, this is, hey, they're legit. Everybody knows Davidson. Yeah, like mm-hmm. these guys can play. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But we're gonna do it here. Like that's not a question about it. Like we're going. Absolutely. We're gonna. It's, it's yeah. gonna happen. We will knock down the door. We'll get in the tournament. We'll win in the tournament. You know, and um, yeah, it's gonna be great. Like we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it a fun way, and um, it's even better doing it here because where we started, you know, and like the people that were on the ground floor. Exactly. Like when we did it, I'm gonna really right. like. It's going to be so great to celebrate with those people. You're obviously going to have your doubters along the way, um, but it's going to be even better when we do it. Michael. <laughs> no, I'm not. Michael's no, always the doubter. <laughs> I'm a negative Nancy, but not about, not about Buckyball. I'm, I'm savage. No, uh, he's, he's right about that. Not about Buckyball, but pretty much about everything else. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> So what about student engagement? Because, you know, you said that Martin Newton and, and Beck Taylor and, and administration has been on board. We've seen a dramatic uptick in student Very dramatic, basketball yeah. games since you've come. So what's your role been in that and what's your perspective on that piece? Yeah. So when I when I went to Mountain Brook and we, we had a lot of success, I've always said this. The success wasn't what made it so relevant to me and what I was the most happy about. It was that in Mountain Brook basketball became so popular. That was more important to me than anything that it was popular, right? I, I've always said it's almost, it almost needs to be popular before it can even win at a high level. And people usually think it's the other way around, right? When it's super popular, right. like, and everyone's rallying, rallying around it, surrounding it, it just changes everything. It's easier to recruit. You know, it's obviously the game atmosphere, unless everybody knows it's important. But, you know, it's been grassroots, right? I mean, I go talk to these students, frequently i'm in the fraternities sororities talking to them i'm in a group text with all of them um 
that we text about different things. I always have cash rewards during the game for different different stuff. But look, at my role as a coach, and I think sometimes people forget this, it's not just like to coach my players, right? Like that's not like it. That doesn't do much. Like, you know, you need to make it where a place like Sanford, everybody should know who the basketball coach is, right? Like they mm-hmm. should know them and they yeah. should be able to be like, hey, I know who I know that is. And like years down the road, like it's my job to create an experience for everybody, not just those players. And so, like, that experience needs to be, like, hey, when I was at Sanford, you know, from 2024 to 27, I have great memories going to basketball games, right? Hey, I met my husband at a basketball game. That thing was packed. I want to go back and take my kid to a basketball game there. Like, that's important. And, like, that's – like, I don't think sometimes coaches feel like that's responsibility. Like, no, at a place like Sanford, like, it is. And that's just as important to me as, like, my – players having a great experience like we got to get that here and we got to sustain that where it's great and you want to do that not just for the students and the campus you want Birmingham to feel like hey they're a part of it and that's the the reality of it is like you know I always joked with Warren Fitzpatrick I said this is this is the people's team right so like I want all our (laughs) all our uh fans and all the students to really take ownership and feel like hey when we win like they were a massive part of it you know, and so, yeah, and that's and that's where it's fun because when you do make those runs, and I tell all the people that you did it with, like how cool is it going to be when we go to the tournament and we win these games in the tournament, and the people that were there on the ground floor and the people that were there fighting along the way, like, bro, like we we did that, you know, like like you know that freshman that graduates and now they're a senior and they kind of went through it, maybe Sanford basketball wasn't good, and man, I was there on the ground floor. Or maybe it's, you know, maybe yeah. they're there as a freshman, weren't very good at a time, and now they're 24 years old. And, hey, I remember fighting to get that thing going. And, look, we just we just went to the tournament, won our first couple games in the tournament. Like, I want everyone to feel like a part of that. You know, that, that would be really cool. That would be cool. I, it's That's interesting. I've never heard it put, like, where the popularity comes before success because it's obviously just way easier to become popular if you're successful. Right. Yeah, it, it's tough, though, because – Right. If there's if when you're in the game of recruiting and you're in the game of just mainly recruiting, like how are you going to get good players if they don't think anyone cares about the program? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so like like when I was in at Mountain Brook, like what's the first thing I did when I was at Mountain Brook? We got the coolest uniforms and we, you know, had it all tricked out in neon. Right. So like <laughs> w- what did we do? We played as fast as we could play, even though we weren't very good. Like my like people don't know us at Mountain Brook, like. It took us five years, so I was there 12 years, right? We played in the mm-hmm. last seven state championships or whatever the heck it was. And then after I left, the guy that coached with me played in, that, in two. So what, it took us five years to win a playoff game. So think about that, right? It took us five years to win one playoff game. And then, like, my last seven, four of those five were in the top 20 in the country. And yeah, that's crazy. So, but, but, but what happened was when we got there, we weren't good, good yet, but we played really fast. When everyone's kind of playing slow, we had cool uniforms. We had a lot of hype around it. And so those young kids that were like sixth and fifth graders, like saw that and they're like, man, I'm going to play. I want to be a basketball player, you know? And they saw it's important here. And those were the guys that it inevitably broke, knocked the door down. Right. And so translating that to college, like, you know, maybe, maybe like last year's team who won the SOCON and bought a ton of momentum, or, or maybe it was those fans that were there this year. They didn't get to see us get to the Sweet 16, but 
right? They were the reason that some of these current players came here because they looked in that crowd and said, man, they care about it there. That looks fun. I'm going to go to Sanford. And it ends up being the next group that knocks the door down goes to Sweet 16. And it was actually when those players that we have now saw two years ago when we beat Furman at home and our players are arm in arm in the student section swag surfing 15 minutes after the game that those people that stayed in that deal and never left and were swag surfing with our players 15 minutes after the game were the reason <laughs> that some of these current players came here knocked down the door and went to the Sweet 16. That's that's an example of being popular maybe before is really ready to mm-hmm. explode and be great. Hey I mean that's that's why we started this podcast, right? Yeah, it is to add le- right. to help add to, to add to, to that, the, right? To like we're just three business school bros that graduated in seventeen, right? And we're like, we we want to do a podcast, but one because we we love Sanford sports, but just be, we know it's going to help build that brand, right? So no, for sure, it was hard for us to go to the games when we were there, but Sam and I drove down for the Furman game this year, and we were blown away at the environment even though it was a loss it was the most incredible sports environment we've ever experienced at Sanford so we're just excited to keep building on that yeah I've always said like our environment like TV doesn't do it justice like when you're here like you feel that energy it's great you know yeah so I I feel like the, the students at Sanford they're just the perfect like okay you got certain students at certain places maybe i'm not gonna name a university that may be too cool for school right like they're not gonna really sell out wofford you know (laughs) they're they're not gonna sell out to to getting on at a basketball game like sanford has a perfect Mm -hmm. student body there's you know just not everybody's too cool for school here they they like to get in there and rally with you i love it yeah it's a unique place uh not every school has half the student body participate in a singing and dancing uh, competition each year so definitely a unique environment probably competes somehow they got us to do it somehow they got me to do it so (laughs) so i want to move on quickly before you go into next season uh i know it's early and i know you've just kind of recently wrapped up the roster but uh, what are you excited about in terms of the roster? And I know you've kind of talked about the basketball IQ and whatnot, but as you see these guys play more and more together, what should we as fans be looking forward to about next season? Man, y'all are going to like watching these guys play. Like, I'm just, they just know how to play. They know what they're doing. And um, it's just kind of that next level, like, of, all right, guys that are talented now that really can see the game. And so that ball is just moving. You know, there's much better passing, I would say. Right. Like like, you know, we lose Logan and Quez and Logan and Quez were very good individual scores. Right. That, you know, you can't take they, they played exactly the way they need to play because that's who they were. Right. You're not going to take uh, mm-hmm. you're not going to take Michael Vick back in the day and say, hey, man, you're not going to be a running quarterback. Right. You know, that'd be crazy. <laughs> they they, they got to be them. Right. But this group has guys that are talented, obviously, but they are great passers as well. And so it's just a different type. You're going to have to win a different way. It won't be as much isolation, right? You know, you could put Quez, you know, in space and Quez is going to be Quez or Logan, you know, down the block and he's going to get a bucket. This will be more Warriors type basketball, I would guess, if you watch the Golden State Warriors, right? Where Mm -hmm. the ball is moving, you know? Um, But you still want to have that nastiness to you that hopefully I, I think our team played with defensively kind of like the heat right now right you want to have that 
I was about to say, yeah. Yeah, that that, in, yeah. that measurable where you just feel like, hey, there's no nothing you can quantify. Like, wow, we won that game. Like, we didn't shoot it great. We didn't pass it great. We didn't just, but you just had that just toughness to you where it's like the heat. Where like, you look up at the end of the game, it's like, oh, one by two, right? And so you got to have <laughs> yeah. both of those. You know, you got to have that that nastiness to you, and and now being able to share the basketball at an elite level. No, that's exciting. Yeah, we're. I we're love a little. I mean, hero ball is fun to watch occasionally, but it's a lot more. It's well, it's a lot more sustainable. It feels like to win when you're moving the ball. I mean, the Heat are about or in the NBA Finals with guys that don't deserve to be in the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> and it's because of how they play. Yeah, I think that's one thing. And when you saw when Quez, so you know, we played around Quez was such a good isolation player, and you know, mm-hmm. we played so much around him. You saw our team when he got hurt last year. Like we really struggled for six, seven games. We figured it out. Right. And yeah, it's like yeah. re-identifying itself. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were, and, and so it took that because we're used to isolation basketball. And, and that's how you have to play with Quez. Quez's game, as I mentioned, is not that's not that's his type of game. That's who he is. But this group will just be it will be very different. You know, it'll be a very different group. And um, I do think it will be t- more team friendly offensively for the fans. Now, if you like watching just elite one-on-one playmaking, right? I'm not saying we don't have playmaking, but it, it, that's not what the identity of this team will be. It's not going to be that I saw somebody double-cross someone, put it behind their back, hit a step back, hold their arm up, look at the crowd and chest pump. Like that, that won't be this team. This team will be pitched up on the break, drove baseline, threw a, pat, threw a tilt pass, one more it all the way across, drove it in there, threw a lob, tipped it back out, one more shot, three. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of yeah, the way. Hey, we're down for play. that. Yeah. Sprinkling a little Jaden, a little Jaden Campbell uh, highlight dunk. <laughs> Jaden Campbell's looking good. He's getting healthy. He's looking good. When does the schedule come out? Man, see, this is what's so crazy is that. So what happens is, like, you know, I get asked about schedule all the time, or why are you playing? It's like the, the truth is, people don't understand that that you know to play teams, they have to agree to play you. <laughs> right? That's not directed towards you at all. <laughs> but it's like, why didn't we play this team or that team's like, okay. Every single yeah. team in the SEC turned us down for two years in a row. Everyone, right? Jeez. So it's like, everyone's like, well, we need to be playing this or that team. Like, like they won't play us, guys. Like, that's the truth. Yeah. Like, it's a tough, like, when we beat Oregon State, we beat Ole Miss. Money games at DePaul and Central Florida went to overtime. It's very tough to get teams to play. So you're in a, in a tough spot where, so I'm telling this to my listeners, guys, there's a lot of teams. If you, there's teams y'all know that will definitely play, but if they're ready to so let me know, um, because we 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 will, we love playing anybody. Now there obviously is a balance. We can't play 20 road games. You know we got to play some home games, but um, we are trying to find now. We need to find two uh, games. We're trying to find two high major games right now, and that's what we're working on. And what happens with this is because of the portal, everybody kind of waits now with scheduling. It used to be done, be done way before this, but everyone waits to see who's who's who, who's on each team before they schedule that game. And I don't mean that just as I'm not bragging on us like we're elite, like everyone's scared to death to play us. That's not my deal. But it's a situation with these with these high majors where they, they want to schedule games that that they're pretty confident that they can go in there and, and, and win yeah. that game because it right. can be a mark on that tournament resume. So our league has been done very well in those games. And there's been a lot of upsets on paper from our league because of high volume three point shooting. So it's challenging 
to get some of these games. But anyway, the schedule will come out sometime in the next two uh, months. Like a, okay. Sam, that was something we talked about at the beginning of the season was just like, how are we going to create that type of resume? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like it's right. hard like, when no one wants to play. Yeah. And that, that adds some context to that conversation we had. Maybe we shouldn't have beaten Ole Miss. Yeah, we should have taken it easy, lured them in. <laughs> no, you got to beat the old Miss. You got to come up here and play uh, the heels in the Dean Dome. Man, uh, we, that would be amazing. We 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 tried to get North Carolina, tried to get Duke, couldn't get either one of those. Yep. Um, well, Hebert Hebert he can't afford to schedule a game he can't win. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, Jeb. That's a good point. It's kind of a good point. Coach, is there anything else you want uh, Sanford Faithful to know? Sanford Faithful, what I would say is this, is that how appreciative I am personally, um, and I know our players are, but just the support we've had, you know, and just like this is, I was joking about the people's team earlier, but it's been kind of such a grassroots movement to go from, not necessarily very good to, to good where we are now. And it's going to be that same grassroots movement that's going to take it to great. And um, I just know how it's going to take everybody. You know, I wouldn't say doing their part. I just want them, everyone to enjoy being a part of this program because that's how our program is. That's why I've opened practices where anyone can come to practice. That's why, you know, I, I don't go up there and – after the game just because someone tells me to and thank the fans and dab them up that I go dab my players up in the locker room and they're a part of our team just like our players in the same way so I'm just looking forward to next season you know us having a lot of fun and having a great year and um, us all celebrating but it just means so much just the teamwork that we've all had y'all three doing y'all's part to, to be to be special and just our athletic program being so special and having such an awesome year so it's truly been great, and um, I'm just looking forward to keeping it rolling and basketball doing their part. Yeah, no, we're we're pumped. I mean, it's June, and we're talking about Sanford basketball. So yeah. that's a great start already, Coach. That's a great start. It's going to be a good year. Uh, but, yeah, we appreciate you joining. We appreciate y'all, man. Hey, you already know, you know, Sanford, you better get that ring, man. Hey, love y'all. We love y'all. <laughs>